continuing this morning with our series, Getting Off the Bus in Corinth, and this is the last in that sermon series, and so uh, some of you may be thankful that we uh, hopefully have finally arrived and we won't be traveling anymore to Corinth, but, but uh, anyway, this morning, this is uh, from, we are looking at the third chapter, 1 Corinthians. We're looking at verses 10 and 11, and then 16 through 23. Paul, again, speaking to the folks that uh, were part of the church, were the church in Corinth, the church that he started and had been away from for a while in his missionary journeys, going to other places and starting other new congregations. According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid, that foundation is Jesus Christ. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves if you think that you are wise in this age. You should become fools so that you may become wise For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. He catches the wise in their craftiness, and again the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast about human leaders, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, All belong to you, and you belong to Christ. Christ belongs to God. That is uh, God's word for us this morning. So part of uh, what Paul reminds the church in Corinth is that they're a work in progress, that they're under construction, that the foundation has been laid, And the question that Paul is challenging them to answer is, how are you going to continue to build? What are you going to continue to do? Are you going to forget how you started and how you came to know the Lord and go off in a direction that does not honor the community that God called into being and that does not honor what God wants you to do in Christ Jesus? What are you going to do with the foundation that's been laid. How are you going to build upon that? Paul's challenge is different than some of the Old Testament prophets. For instance, Jeremiah and Isaiah. They were called to, uh, to preach to the people, primarily the people of Jerusalem, to be renewed, to be revitalized, to experience revival, to not trust in the things 
that they were trusting in. So that Jeremiah reminds the people of Jerusalem, the only way you're going to be great again is not through making alliances with people who previously were enemies, not by sacrificing your values, not by sacrificing who you are, not by going to the Egyptians and hoping that that alliance will save you from being invaded. The only way you're going to be great again is to return, is to repent, is to become the people that God called you to be, to build on the foundation, to continue to build. That is uh, what, what Paul challenged the church in Corinth to be about, to look at them, look at themselves. I uh, didn't call them to forget the uh, small heritage that they had already established, a heritage uh, that is expressed in this church by the sanctuary you're seated in, so that in our church, when you come in, we have what we call the windows of the apostles, so that right at the beginning, the back side of the church, you have this window, James the Less, the apostle, not James, the brother of Jesus, or who we think is the brother of Jesus, but another James. And you'll notice is, uh, we're not going to go through all of them, but the ones we do go through, that that saw represents the way that James was martyred. Money bags represent Matthew, treasurer for, uh, and tax collector, but treasurer for the disciples. Over on this side, you got Peter. Keys to the kingdom. And then you have Andrew, the X-shaped cross, how Andrew was sacrificed, how he was martyred. And you'll notice uh, from time to time in disciples' literature and things that we promote in the church, you'll often see that X-shaped cross particularly uh, in some of the chalices that we use at communion time. X-shaped cross of, of Andrew, Andrew, patron saint of Scotland. We have roots in our beginnings in Scotland. Uh, Scotland, or Andrew, was the uh, uh, most closely associated with evangelism and with the ministry of the lady. We talked in this church about every minister being, or, or every member being a minister uh, we didn't just, uh, it's a catchy, clever uh, phrase perhaps, but we didn't come up with that idea. We got that from Andrew. That every member of the church, any church, has a ministry that God calls them to. This, uh, on this side, the spear and the, uh, through the T-square kind of looking thing, carpenter's tool. That's Thomas, missionary we believe to India. And then Bartholomew, again, three knives, three swords. Uh, the windows of the apostles most, well, fortunately or unfortunately, remind us of the uh, sacrifice that these folks made. Uh, these are how Thomas experienced death by being uh, 
stabbed, speared. Bartholomew was uh, sliced up by knives, sacrificed. On this side, John, the uh, apostle, the serpent in the cup. John was, uh, there was an attempt made to poison John, which he survived. And then the seashells on this side represent James, uh, James the Greater, or James, we believe, the uh, brother who was or, or the one most closely associated with Jesus. And then we go uh, all the way down to the end here. And then we have uh, the window that is devoted to Paul. There is the uh, sword that is uh, laying, or the Bible laying on top of the sword. Bible, the sword, the word, by which the church comes to know Jesus Christ. Barnabas, Paul's uh, traveling companion, is in the window right next to him. Again, a picture of the Bible, Scripture. So all, all these things are here, here to remind us of uh, the sacred space that we, we occupy. So what Paul did with the church in Corinth is he presented to them what for them and really for what, the church, for what it is for the church today, a radical idea. Now these are folks that had places of worship, sacred places of worship, just like we do. Uh, in Corinth, there were many pagan temples, temples that uh, were devoted to other gods. But it is in those temples, in those places, that uh, people believe that, that the gods resided, that you were most likely to encounter a god if you went to that god's temple. So even in Corinth and in this church community, there were people that had some notion, a very clear notion, of what a temple was the sacred space that it was, and the belief that that's where you went to find God. For the Jewish community in Corinth, they had a temple also. There's a temple in Jerusalem. The place that you went, that you were most likely to encounter God. That's where you went. So here's Paul's radical idea. Paul said... To the community in Corinth, Paul says to us, you're the temple. You might be sitting in sacred space, a space that those who've gone before us, and some of you who were here when this sanctuary was built, sacred space that was created as a way to express our devotion to God, as a way to create a sanctuary place where we could come to worship, but there's not the notion that this is where you have to come to find God. It's not the building. Paul's radical idea, he was speaking in the plural now, the plural you, his radical idea was, you're the temple. You're where people are going to have to come, are going to come, in order to find God. When they come into your presence, 
They should be coming in in your worship service. They should be coming in to the presence of God. Because you believe God's present. That God's with you. That God's here. But beyond believing that God is here, God is with us, that when you guys walk out that door, you believe God goes with you. That the community is still the community. That the church is still the church. And we don't believe that we're isolated in that, in that call, in that ministry. So, this morning, we got some folks across the street uh, that are worshiping at Trinity United Methodist because the Purduettes are singing over there this morning. It's probably glad, I'm glad you didn't know that, or maybe you'd be over there worshiping. <laughs> but we have some folks that have children that are in the Purduettes. They're over there. And that doesn't make them any less church. We're church. We've got an alleyway and building walls that separate us from the St. John's, but we're church. The same with the Baptist church up the hill. We're church. That's the radical idea that Paul challenged the Corinthians with. How are you going to be church? Are you going to squander? Are you going to waste all your time on silly arguments? Or are you going to build on the foundation that's already been laid for you? Don't get caught up in who built the foundation. The foundation was laid, was built on Jesus Christ. So I built on it, Paul says to the church, and Apollos built on it, and Cephas, Peter built on that. We're all in this together, in other words, is what Paul was was saying. But then, for us, we even go a step further than that, if you will. Because there's the, uh, the plural you, but there's also you, me. You're another brick in the wall, to steal a line from Pink Floyd there, for those of you who are familiar with that. We're all building together. Another, uh, another brick in the wall. So every, everybody's important. Everybody has a contribution to make. You, the big you, you're the temple. But the brick that makes that temple, that grows that temple, that's you. Each and every one of you. So Paul challenges the church uh, in Corinth and us a little later in his uh, letter to the Corinthians in the 12th chapter, verse 27. Now you, you, all of you, each of you, are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Each of you. That in that building and in that you being you. 
Paul reminds us that God chose through Jesus Christ to be present in the church, to be present in the world through the church. Well, that's an awesome responsibility. God has chosen through Jesus Christ to be present in you, the bricks that build. And the question is always before us, how are we going to honor that? What are we going to do with our lives? What difference are we, are we going to try to make? And beyond the we, what difference are you going to try to make? See, we need some different. We've always needed difference makers in this world, in this country. And we really need difference makers right now. People who can speak a word of grace, a word of love, a word of reason, a word of forgiveness, a word of hope. Remind other people of who we are, who you are as the church and the difference we're called to make. In Christ's name, not our own name, and not by anything that we do, but by what Christ is doing in us. So you are the temple of God, the big you, the church, but you, each and every one of you, each and every brick, make a difference. Put that brick somewhere where it'll count this week. What you find and what Jesus tells us, if we want to know where he is, be in the places where Jesus would be with the people that Jesus cares about, is concerned about, people who are hurting, people who are lost, people who are angry, people who are in debt, people who are looking for some shelter from some safety. Be in those places. And what Christ tells us is when you're there, you're with me. If you want to find me, go to the places that I send you. And when you get there, I'll be there. In fact, when you're traveling, I'll be with you all the way. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you that you care about us. You care about uh, us as bricks, bricks in the wall. God, you care about your church. The church beyond the walls of this sanctuary or any sanctuary. God, we want to be your people. That's who you've called us to be. So Lord, as we have the opportunity this week in exactly the place that you put us. God, help us to speak a word of grace, of love, of forgiveness in Christ's name. Help us to be 
not only one who's able to speak, but Lord, open our ears so we can hear the people who, uh, the voices of people who are, are hurting, that need somebody to listen to and to try to understand what they're going through. God, we thank you for that opportunity to be building blocks, to be your church. For it's in Christ's name, amen.